to Episode 7 of the Dose of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Joy Huber. Thank you for listening. This episode is lucky number seven indeed, as great things are happening for this podcast, and it's so exciting, for my vision all along has been this— to help others who are facing cancer or supporting someone facing cancer as a caregiver, loved one, and even a member of the medical team. I've wanted to provide ideas as I give resources, support, and encouragement along with inspiration. It appears I am meeting these goals. Remember, you can contact the show at doseofjoypodcast at hotmail.com. Today's episode has a very special dedication attached to it, for today is my mom Susie's birthday, so I'm sending out a heartfelt happy birthday mom wish. This woman is the reason. When you turn the word mom written out upside down, you see the word wow. She was my primary caregiver during my stage four cancer battle, enduring years of chemotherapy therapy and how I appreciate her ongoing support. If you have a copy of my Cancer with Joy book, Morgan James Publishing published, you might recognize her name as she wrote the foreword to the book. Happy birthday again, Mom. I hope it's a great day. November is Lung Cancer Awareness Month, and I want to point you to the American Lung Association website at lung.org. They have a helpline where you can talk to experts at the American Lung Association Lung Helpline and Tobacco Quit Line. Their service is free, and the phone number is 1-800-LUNG-USA, L-U-N-G-U-S-A. That's 1-800-586-4872. In the mortality section of a lung cancer fact sheet I'll share on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page as it looks today, it states, Lung cancer is the leading cancer killer in both men and women in the U.S., In 1987, it surpassed breast cancer to become the leading cause of cancer deaths in women. But in more positive news, the number of deaths caused by lung cancer peaked at 159,292 in 2005 and has since decreased by 6.5% to 148,945 in 2016. Beyond just the United States, lung cancer is the most common cancer worldwide, accounting for 2.1 million new cases and 1.8 million deaths in 2018. Smoking, a main cause of small cell and non-small cell lung cancer, contributes to 80% and 90% of lung cancer deaths in women and men, respectively. Men who smoke are 23 times more likely to develop lung cancer. Women are 13 times more likely compared to never smokers. And we'll be talking about resources to help you quit smoking before the end of today's show. 
Lung cancer happens when cells in the lung change or mutate. Most often, this is because of exposure to dangerous chemicals that we breathe. But lung cancer can also happen in people with no known exposure to toxic substances. Unlike normal cells, cancer cells grow uncontrollably and cluster together to form a tumor, destroying healthy lung tissue around them. Symptoms usually do not appear until cancer cells spread to other parts of the body and prevent other organs from functioning properly. At this point, it is harder to treat lung cancer. Here's a few other key points about lung cancer. Smoking poses the greatest risk, but there are others, such as exposure to radon and air pollution. Screening high-risk individuals has the potential to dramatically improve lung cancer survival rates, and there are multiple types of lung cancer. Knowing this information can help inform treatment options. For small cell lung cancer, there are two different types of small cell lung cancer, small cell carcinoma and mixed small cell large cell cancer or combined small cell lung cancer. The types of small cell lung cancer are named for the kinds of cells found in the cancer and how the cells look when viewed under a microscope. Small cell lung cancer is almost always associated with cigarette smoking, according to lung.org. And small cell lung cancer is usually treated with chemotherapy. Non-small cell lung cancer is more common. It makes up about 80% of lung cancer cases. This type of cancer usually grows and spreads to other parts of the body more slowly than small cell lung cancer does. I'm going to share on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page this week a link to a specific and helpful lung cancer treatment planning tool I discovered for you on lung.org. Screening is used to detect lung cancer early when it is more likely to be curable. If lung cancer is caught before it spreads, the likelihood of surviving five years or more improves to 59% based on early stage lung cancer stats, stage one versus stage four. Now, there's a low-dose CT scan that is a special kind of x-ray that takes multiple pictures as you lie on a table that slides in and out of the machine. A computer then combines these images into a detailed picture of your lungs. A study on early detection of lung cancer found that the low-dose cancer screening test can reduce the mortality for those at high risk. If you're a current or former smoker over the age of 50, you could meet the high-risk eligibility criteria. Up next, what are the symptoms of lung cancer? Many people with lung cancer don't have symptoms until the disease is in its later stages. Because there are very few nerve endings in the lungs, a tumor could grow without causing pain or discomfort. When symptoms are present, they are different in each person, but may include, according to how lung.org reads today, a cough that doesn't go away and gets worse over time 
hoarseness, constant chest pain, shortness of breath or wheezing, frequent lung infections such as bronchitis or pneumonia, and coughing up blood. Some symptoms of lung cancer may not seem related to the lungs or breathing. These symptoms can still be a sign of lung cancer because lung cancer usually does not cause symptoms in its earlier stages. This means some symptoms do not appear until the cancer has spread to other parts of the body. Some of these symptoms may include weight loss, loss of appetite, headaches, bone pain or fractures, and blood clots. See your doctor right away if you notice any of these symptoms. If you think you are at risk for lung cancer, talk to your doctor about being screened. Some people, unfortunately, go misdiagnosed for a long time because their symptoms are similar to other diagnoses, such as pneumonia, allergies, or a cold. If you feel that something is wrong, be persistent with your doctor. You know your body best, and being persistent could save your life. If you're diagnosed with lung cancer, you'll find out what type and stage you have. Lung cancer staging means finding out where the lung cancer cells are located, the size of the lung cancer tumor, if and where the lung cancer has spread. And lung cancer staging helps determine what treatment options you have. Your team will use results from tests and tissue samples to determine your lung cancer stage. Staging helps determine your recommended treatment plan. Three factors are used to determine lung cancer stage, sometimes referred to as the TNM classification system. The stage of your lung cancer is determined by a combination of all of these factors. T, the tumor size and location, N, the regional lymph node involvement. Lymph nodes are small ball-shaped immune system organs distributed throughout the body. It is important to know whether the lung cancer has spread to the lymph nodes around the lung. And M is metastasis status. Metastasis status refers to which organs the cancer has spread. Non-small cell lung cancer stages. Non-small cell lung cancer stages range from one to four. The lower the lung cancer stage, the less the cancer has spread and the better the prognosis. Small cell lung cancer is described using two stages, limited and extensive. Limited-stage lung cancer is only in one lung with or without spread to the lymph nodes in the mediastinum, area in the chest between the lungs. Extensive-stage lung cancer has spread to tissue outside of the originally affected lung, like the opposite lung or distant organs. Now, before we talk about treatment, this is really important. Not all lung cancers are the same. When scientists look at tissue from a person's lung cancer tumor under a microscope, they can tell what type, non-small cell, small cell, or carcinoid and subtype the lung cancer is. 
So now there is a way to get more detailed information about the makeup of the tumor. It involves testing tumor tissue for abnormalities in its DNA and levels of specific proteins in the tumor. These tests are sometimes called biomarker, molecular, or genomic testing. If doctors know exactly what causes the tumor to grow, a patient may be able to go on a targeted therapy that can slow tumor growth or shrink the tumor. Testing can also show levels of an important protein called PDL1, which may help predict if a patient would benefit from immunotherapy. When should you talk to your doctor about biomarker testing? The best time to talk to your doctor about tumor testing is before a biopsy is done. This will help ensure that the doctor removes enough tissue during the biopsy to do biomarker testing. It is also important to talk about additional biomarker testing if your cancer continues to grow after you have been on a targeted therapy. This all comes from lung.org, and I'll share the link to this page on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page this week, too. Next, lung cancer treatment. According to lung.org, all lung cancer treatment options have potential risks and benefits. Your options are based on what type of cancer you have, your stage of the disease, and your lung cancer treatment goals. Remember, while I have a master's degree in health communication and I want to guide you to valuable information and specific resources, I'm not a medical doctor, so this should not be taken as medical advice. You should consult with your healthcare team for information considering your unique situation. As you make lung cancer treatment decisions, know that talking about lung cancer and its treatment options can be confusing. Make sure you understand your options and potential side effects before you make any decision. Lung cancer treatment options. Once your doctors have determined your lung cancer profile, they will present you with one or a combination of the following options. Surgery, radiation therapy, chemotherapy, targeted therapy, immunotherapy, clinical trials, supportive palliative care, and complementary and alternative lung cancer therapies. Each lung cancer treatment option has risks and possible side effects. Most side effects can be managed fairly well, but you should consider all of the possibilities when you examine your lung cancer treatment options. Next, there's something else really important I want to be sure to discuss on today's show. How to tell people about your lung cancer. Because this diagnosis can cause questions from others that can be hurtful. There's a great page on this at lung.org. I'll share on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page this week. Here's a few nuggets of information from that page. Decide whether it will be easier for you to tell people about your lung cancer in groups or one-on-one. Sometimes having a family member tell people you have lung cancer is easier and less stressful. 
and expect different reactions. People may not react the way you anticipate or think they should react. People have different ways of processing the stressful news. Some people may want to help and others will not offer right away. This doesn't mean they don't care. It is their way of coping with your news. Think about how much you want to share and what topics are too sensitive for you to talk about. If people say things or bring up topics that bother you, be ready to tell them you prefer to talk about something else. Talk to a lung cancer expert by calling the free American Lung Association Lung Cancer Helpline at 1-800-LUNG-USA. And I shared that number earlier in today's show, but again, it's 1-800-586-4872. One question you might hear is, so, did you smoke? It is common for people to speculate how you got your lung cancer. They may ask, did you smoke or offer their own theory? This is very frustrating for many people with lung cancer, whether they did or did not smoke. People have different ways of coping with this challenge, but some suggestions are to say, it doesn't matter why or how I got lung cancer. I really need your support as I go through treatment. No one really knows exactly why I got lung cancer, and I prefer not to focus on that. Remember, many people don't know how to react to the news that a loved one or friend has lung cancer and aren't aware that their comments may be hurtful. The person asking the question is often trying to reassure him or herself or explain cancer. You can direct the conversation by letting them know how they can best support you during this time. Another question is, how do I tell someone that I have lung cancer? It is hard to know where to begin. Thinking about sharing the news with your loved ones, friends, and even your employer can be overwhelming. It is important to remember there is no right or wrong way. You have to share the news in a way that is most comfortable for you. It certainly would be more convenient if there were a one-size-fits-all approach to telling people about your lung cancer. But just as your relationships are different, the experiences you have discussing your lung cancer will be different. For your spouse or partner, you can tell your partner what you need. No one is a mind reader, and your needs will change over time and over the course of your lung cancer treatment. Not clearly expressing your needs can lead to frustration felt by both you and your spouse or partner. Remember, your partner probably has never been in your situation before. He or she needs guidance to know how to best support you. For children and grandchildren, many parents instinctively want to protect their children and grandchildren. You might consider not telling them. Though your intentions might be loving, it is in everyone's best interest to share your diagnosis. Young children fear their parents will die and will likely ask if you are going to die. Be prepared to answer that question. It's okay to say you don't know. Remember, you don't have to have all the answers to the questions they ask. Older children are in a position to help and support you. Let them know how they can help. Don't be afraid to accept help, even if you are not used to being in that role with them. 
And for your employer, there will come a time when you need to discuss your cancer diagnosis with your employer. Be honest and realistic about your needs and time off. Tell your employer if you don't want him or her to discuss your disease with coworkers. Make a list of work-related changes you think you might need while you're in treatment, including changes to your schedule, workload, or reasonable accommodations that may need to be put in place for you to continue to do your job. Your human resources department can help you discuss work changes with your employer. They can also help you learn more about which programs may be available to you should you have to take a leave of absence, including Family and Medical Leave Act, FMLA, short and long-term disability programs. Many of these are employer-specific and are not always available through all employers. Finally, keep a record of all communication. Not only will it help you stay organized, it will protect you in case your rights in the workplace are ever compromised. This next Thursday, November 18th, is the Great American Smokeout in 2021, so I want to touch on that as well before we wrap up another show. Quitting smoking isn't easy. It takes time and a plan. You don't have to stop smoking in one day. Start with day one. Let the Great American Smokeout event on the third Thursday in November be your day to start your journey toward a smoke-free life. You'll be joining thousands of people who smoke across the country in taking an important step toward a healthier life and reducing your cancer risk. Plus, the American Cancer Society can help you access the resources and support you need to quit. According to the American Cancer Society, about 34 million American adults still smoke cigarettes, and smoking remains the single largest preventable cause of death and illness in the world. Smoking causes an estimated 480,000 deaths every year, or about one in five deaths. While the rates of cigarette smoking have declined over the past several decades from 42% in 1965 to 14% in 2019, the gains have been inconsistent. Some groups smoke more heavily or at higher rates and suffer disproportionately from smoking-related cancer and other diseases. I'll share the link to the American Lung Association's Freedom from Smoking program on the Facebook page this week. The American Lung Association has been helping people quit smoking for over 35 years through Freedom from Smoking. Ranked as one of the most effective cessation programs in the country, Freedom from Smoking has helped hundreds of thousands of people quit smoking for good and is now available in a variety of formats. From group clinics to guides to online support groups, there are many options for you to utilize. And with that, another episode of Dose of Joy has flown by again. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is by leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening in. Also, tell someone you know facing cancer about this show so they can listen in each week and catch up on all the previous episodes as they have time. 
Next week, we'll be talking about Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month, which is also in November, along with World Pancreatic Cancer Day, coming up this next Friday, November 19th in 2021. Thanks for listening to today's show. Wishing you a joyful life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry. See how far I can go Watch me put